Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. So much, folks that uh, been able to share today. A lot going on, awful lot going on in our church, and that's a good thing. I want to share a couple of things with you just as kind of a heads up. Um, if you are a guy, hold up your hand. There should, yeah. <laughs> guy cooks holding up both hands. I'm a guy and I'm a guy, okay? Um, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock we have First Monday men's meeting. It is out here at, at Gary Fuquay's uh, Red Barn. We meet together at 6 o'clock. We have a meal Guys, listen, at the end of the day, I'm generally, I, I don't, once I get home, I don't want to go back out. I do not. This is actually worth going out for. It actually is worth going to. Because it's not just a group of guys that are going to sit around and tell war stories about things they've done in the glory days. It is actually a time where we get to go ahead and gather together and learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower. It lasts one hour. That's food and whatever is said. One hour. It's worth it. Tomorrow, if you have any questions about where that is, if you'll give us a call up here at the church office, we'll get you information about it. But guys, don't miss this. If you get a chance to, go tomorrow night. It's worth it. And the second thing I want to share with you is yesterday I got a phone call from just one of, one of our sweet folks here in our church, Leona Benford. And her husband, Jack, uh, passed away yesterday. The memorial service is going to be on Wednesday. We don't have a time yet, but as soon as we get that, you can either go ahead and call the church office late tomorrow afternoon or call Noble's Funeral Home, and they will go ahead and tell you when the memorial service is. Jack's somebody that I, I got to know very early in my time here and got to know very well. And... Uh, God took him home peacefully. And it's the same type of situation that you and I would like to have in our lives where, where we know the Lord and we know what's going to happen when we close our eyes that final time. We're going to be sharing a little bit about that today. Last thing I want to share with you about, and there are a couple of these around here. Um, you heard Donnie a few minutes ago make a comment about Joe is leaving. And by the way, Joe and Heather are heading out this next month. Uh, they're going to be heading up to Dallas at Watermark Church where he's going to begin an internship. He shared this before. I want to make let you know about it. We're going to have a, uh, a covered dish luncheon, and I want you to be a part of that. You'll see some more things in the, in the bulletin in the coming weeks about it, but it will be just time where we get to break bread with them one last time and thank them for the ministry that God's had for them here. But this is about, uh, Sharon made this, it is about the Honduras trip. And you heard Donnie say a few minutes ago in the video, we're going to go back there. We're going to go back. And perhaps God wants you to be a part this next time going back. What does it mean to go to Honduras? Does it mean you're going to run into people that don't like Americans? Absolutely. You're also going to be run into people that absolutely love Christ followers. There's a big difference. And you'll have the opportunity to go ahead and, and talk with Donnie and Wendy and all of the other folks uh, that, that went, uh, Mark's Faith, whomever, to, to kind of get a picture of what God has done there. 
and get a picture of whether this is something God wants you to be a part of too. Anyway, there are some of these that are floating around back in the vestibule. Sharon, where else are these? I lied, I lied to you. They're on the coffee table in the living room. Um, and they're in color. Mine is in black and white. Um, so if you want to go ahead and get a copy of them, you'll get a chance to see what God has already done there. Uh, and, and you'll have an opportunity. Now guys, uh, we're going to talk this morning about uh, what it means to be free in Christ. Freedom in Christ and in your life. You see, you're blessed this morning. The Bible says you are a person with two distinct lineages. You're a subject of the Most High God, and you're a citizen of the greatest country on the face of this earth. This year we celebrate 243 years as a free people. Men and women, black and white, took up arms against a tyrannical king, and declared themselves free. It was audacious, it was unheard of, and after seven grueling years of combat, freedom was won. Unfortunately, it was not freedom for all citizens. Freedom was recognized this past month, 154 years ago, when Juneteenth was celebrated when the word of the death of the Confederacy reached Texas, where blacks who were slaves recognized that they were free. And it was the first steps of freedom. You and I take freedom as simply being a normal existence in our life, a normal occurrence. And yet today, The ability for us to gather together as we are gathering right now to worship a God named Jesus, to worship the Most High God, is not allowed in over two-thirds of the world's countries. You would be put in jail. You would be put to death. In December, we line our sanctuary with flags. One of them will be Honduras this year that show all of the different countries that our church has had during its entire existence from 1860. It has had some type of impact in doing mission work all around the world. While we're adding one flag this year with Honduras, it should tell you and me that what we celebrate here as freedom is freedom that God has given us in Jesus Christ. That's the first freedom. Not the freedom that we celebrate in 1776 on July 4th. Not the fireworks freedom that we will celebrate this Thursday, but the freedom that Jesus Christ has given you and me. This year, I want you to understand that you are a citizen. You're not a subject of any country. Now, I'm not going to go back to high school civics class here, but but there is a great difference between being a citizen and a subject. A citizen is equal in all rights and standing to anyone else in the country, which means every person in this room is in the same standing as Donald Trump. He's the president, that's an office. According to our Constitution, it is level ground. And a citizen stands exactly the same as anyone else. A subject is at the king's behest. His life 
belongs to the crown. So all of those folks over in England, at any given time, according to English law, could be told by the king, you will do this and they must do it under penalty of death. That's the difference between a subject and a citizen. Now you are both. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a subject of the King Jesus. You're both at the same time. You're a citizen of heaven too. In Ephesians 2.19, the Apostle Paul writes these words. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but instead fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. Paul makes it clear in his writings to the churches. He wants them to know that they don't belong to Caesar, but instead you and me, we belong to God. And I'm going to invite you to read God's Word with me this morning. It's found in Galatians chapter 5. and invite you to stand together. Let's stand and read God's Word. Galatians 5, 13 through 15. Read with me. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out that you will be destroyed by each other. May God bless the reading of His Word. Please be seated. Alright. Some of you have been waiting for this sermon since you started coming to a Baptist church. Here it is. As a Christ follower, what are you free to do? What do you have the freedom as a Christ follower to do? This is a big question for many believers. In other words, what is okay for you to participate in? Well, the Bible says that all things are permissible. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 10.23. He says these words, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And then he says this, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. You and I in Christ have freedom to do anything. Now, it's the rough equivalent of our culture right now saying, I was created by God or by chance to be this particular person with this particular idea, with this particular bent of how I live my life. Now guys, I want to share with you. I love riding motorcycles. Okay, Up until a few years ago, my intent was that I would buy another motorcycle when Caitlin got to a certain age where basically the insurance was paid for and uh, if I dropped the bike and dropped me over and smashed into something, Stacy and Caitlin would still be in high cotton. That was my plan. I love riding motorcycles. There are others of you that like riding motorcycles too. I was created to ride a motorcycle. So because of that, according to our society and our culture, I can walk up to the Harley-Davidson dealership and I can steal the nicest electric glide they have and get on it and ride away, no payment, no nothing. And as I ride away and the police are coming and they come and stop me finally and they pull me aside and they say, what are you doing? You just stole this bike. This is a $21,000 bike. I, I researched this, okay. Yes, I did. 
It's a $21,000 bike. You can't do that. And I can say, oh, I can. You see, I was created to do this. It's not my fault. That's not freedom in Christ. That's not freedom. That's not permissible. The Bible shares that instead, what real freedom is, is that when you and I catch what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, he has something to say to you and me today. While you have the freedom in Christ to do anything that does not, that does not violate God's Word, there are some things that really are not worth it. They are destructive and in some manner hurt others. Let's, okay, let's take drinking. All right, everybody go, ooh. Okay, let's take drinking for instance. You're, in, in case you were fooled and you meant to be in another church today, you're in a Baptist church. Okay? So, drinking, bad, right? Say it with me. Drinking, bad. Okay. That's what the Baptist church has always said. Now, coming into the church as Presbyterian, and that's what I was. I wasn't a Christian. I was a Presbyterian. And I remember going with my friend. I remember going with my friend to, to the Baptist church. And I remember hearing the pastor saying, Drink, I remember this, Billy Weber, founder of Prestonwood Baptist Church. And he said, drinking is a ticket to hell. Let me ask you a question. Where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? We take the idea of drinking. Is it okay? Some of you are waiting for me to answer this. You're going to use what the preacher says to do it or to not do it and have justification. That is God's work in you. That is the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The Bible is clear about drinking. It says if you drink too much, you are a raka, fool. That it is sin. Doesn't mean that drinking is sin. The Bible doesn't say that. I do not expect my deacon body to come up here with Lone Star long necks to the next deacons meeting that we have up here, okay? Please hear that. I choose not to drink. I can tell you when my last drink of alcohol was. I choose not to drink at all, zero, no how, because I have seen the destructive capacity it has in people's lives. I have seen how it destroys family. I've seen how it destroys lives. I also don't want someone, one of you, to have to watch Clyde as I'm sitting up at La Casita and there's a beer there and all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, my pastor, Pastor Clyde, pastor of a Baptist church, he's drinking, whoa, 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 wait. And I don't want people that know that I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church that are in Navasota that are not believers to go, well, you know what, if the pastor of First Baptist Church can drink, then it's okay for anybody. That's freedom in Christ. And with that freedom, folks, comes great great responsibility. You're responsible to God. You're responsible to yourselves. You're responsible to others. What if your child were to say to you, Dad, why are you drinking? Is it still okay? What if, it, if they say it bothers them? The Bible says clearly, 
that if someone approaches you about a behavior that you have that becomes a stumbling block for them, then you, out of the freedom and love of Jesus Christ, eliminate that so it's not a stumbling block to them. Freedom in Christ comes with great responsibility. That responsibility means that I put others and their desires above mine. That's freedom in Christ. I want every one of you all in this front row and second second row to understand this. Your pastor did not say it's okay to drink. Everybody nod your head. You heard that. It is not okay. Period. End of sentence. There's a reason for that. It's, it means, folks, that we have freedom in Christ for anything that does not violate God's Word and does not violate the law of the land that we live in. Oh, by the way, the Bible talks about that too. It says we are to honor the leaders of our government. Folks, that's a chore sometimes. Can I get a witness? It means that we go ahead and obey the laws of Christ. That with that freedom that comes great responsibility, you are responsible to God and to each other. That is real freedom. That you do the best for God, for others, and then finally for yourself. In addition to that, You are free to Christ to go and to grow and to know all of Him. Just a few minutes ago, we talked about Honduras. There's a part of me that wants to say, you know, okay, add in the airfares, add in the costs of the travel, add in the costs of, and then we go add up, and we come with a spreadsheet that says this is what it costs to send every single one of those people to go to Honduras. And there's a part of me that says, could we not have used all of that cash and all of those human resources to do ministry here in Texas, in Navasota, where it's desperately needed? And guys, the easy answer is of course we could have. But if you listen to what happened just a few minutes ago, to the testimonies that were given, lives were changed. Lives of Hondurans, certainly. But lives of folks that that went ahead and went to Honduras whose eyes were opened that the world is not a McDonald's. That the world is not all air conditioning. That it's a rough place out of sweet little Navasota but that God, in the freedom that you and I have in Christ, loves people worldwide. Remember the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? I do. Let me sing it for you. Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Y'all know this. No, 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 no. White and white and white and white, they are precious in His sight. Isn't that it? If we live our lives singularly focused on us and what is comfortable with us, we miss the gospel that Jesus delivered. 
God loves every single person that has ever drawn breath on this earth without cause. He died for them. And you are free in Christ to go and to grow in Him and to know the fullness of Him. And that relationship will last the remainder of your life, whether it is here in the United States or in Honduras or in Macedonia or in China or in any area of the world that God has created. A few minutes ago, John Lewis was baptized. When he was baptized, he is basically saying, I now belong, I'm branded. I'm I'm branded with God's brand on my life. I mean, this is Texas, folks. You know, it's a Baptist church and it's in Texas. And we talk about cattle and brands. It's God's branding on his life so that everyone that is in this room right now will remember that he did this on this particular day. Certainly he's going to remember and certainly his grandparents are going to remember. And you as folks that know him and love him are going to remember that. Guys, listen, the freedom in Christ that we have to go and to grow means that others will see it as you did this morning. It is the reason that we go. Because God wants us to go to others for them to see His grace and His love. It is, it is that that will, that will allow you and me to, to see others that will still desire the thing that we have. The reason that you go and tell like John Lewis did this morning. And finally, you and I do this in Christ because we have the freedom in Christ. We have the freedom in Christ to go ahead and share. You do not have to ask your pastor. This is freedom in Christ. You don't have to ask your pastor, is it okay to pray? You don't have to ask me if it's okay to go ahead and talk to somebody else about Jesus. You are free in Christ to do that. With this freedom, there is tremendous responsibility. Please hear this. We live in a lot, in a culture and in a world right now that wants to go ahead and crunch Christianity into a nice little box that can be controlled. That control means that we do not have the right to go ahead and share anything outside of these walls of the First Baptist Church. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and it is not constitutional. For, these, for those of you that are on these two rows, you have the right to take a Bible with you to school. You have a right to. You have a right to read that Bible. Please hear this. It cannot interfere with the things that you... Stu, tell me if I'm getting this right. It cannot interfere with the things that, that the rest of your education demands. And yet there are high school students, and I shared about this, there are high school students, one of which in Virginia had his Bible taken from him by a teacher and destroyed because she said, you can't bring that here. Now folks, I know most of us in here don't like the ACLU, okay? The ACLU took that case up and won it for that young man. I share this because you have freedom in Christ, but you have great responsibility. Church, 
You're going to go out in just a few minutes and, and many of you all will go to lunch. Please hear what I'm going to say. I mentioned the alcohol thing back there a few minutes ago. That is one example of freedom in Christ. Please hear this. If you decide to drink, listen to me. You decide to drink, tell them you're a Methodist. No, don't do that. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. That was a joke. Just relax, folks. If you do that, understand you have a responsibility to bear witness not to Clyde and the Baptist Church, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be the one that governs our actions. That should be the single thing that motivates us to right living. That should be it. Nothing else. Great responsibility. Greater freedom. You are here this morning not to hear Clyde's rambling, but for the last 12 years I have come and stood in this pulpit and with very few exceptions I have worn a suit with a white shirt and freedom in Christ, let, Christ lets me wear a pair of blue jeans today. Easy, Joe. You're going up to a church where they wear shorts, okay? Freedom in Christ means it is not what you put on the outside. It is what God puts in you. And He chooses to put His Son in you. That's freedom. And a, and a great responsibility. For some of you here this morning, the freedom in Christ is calling you to a relationship with Him. For some of you here, it would be the first time that you've ever said, I want to be free from my sin. I want to be free from the past. I want to be free, Lord, from all of the things that have, have chained me and in my life. This is that time to let God have you. And if He's speaking your name and calling your name now, in just a minute, I'm going to be standing right here at our altar area. You don't get saved and you don't get free in Christ by shaking a preacher's hand or even doing what John Lewis did and getting in a baptistry. You get free in Christ by simply saying to the Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't undo it myself. Would you undo it for me and become boss of my life? If that hadn't happened in your life, this is your day. This is that time. My hope and prayer is that you will be free when you leave this, this, these doors. Pray with me. <clears throat> Holy Father, I am thankful for you. I don't understand all there is to be free in Christ. But I know what your Bible says, and I know it says that you love me. And that you give me this tremendous responsibility. The responsibility is not whether I take a drink or not. The responsibility is how I live my life when you bought it for me and paid for me on Calvary's cross. I pray that I will never do something, Lord, that will embarrass you. And Lord, if I'm embarrassed about something right now in my life, the Bible says you died on a cross to pay for that. So it's yours. Father, we are all broken people and we need You. 
There's some that are here today that need you worse than others. Not because they're bad people, Father, but because they haven't tasted freedom yet and you offer that. The next few minutes, as we sing this one song, if there's anyone here that God, you have put on their heart, it's time to be free. Give them the courage to say yes. Give them the courage to go and say, I belong to you. And we will rejoice with what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. Stand together. Let's sing. And as God leads, you come. Please take your hymnals and turn to hymn number 307. Number 307, Just As I Am.